0: The yeshiva.net okay, This mimer, this mimer in Lakuta Torah of this week's parsha, parsha's Pinchas, you have it on page one fifty four, yeah, on the top. Saves Ben Yisrael it was said by the Alter Rebbe, by the Balatanya Shabbos Mevorchim of Tofkuf Ayin Beis, the middle of the summer of the year Tovkuf Ayin Beis, which would be 1812. Most people, when they would write the Maimurim in those days, they wouldn't write dates. That's why it doesn't say dates. But the Tzemach Tzedek, the grandson, he was very makbid on dates. So he, and when he quotes Maimurim, he often writes the date. That's how we know a lot of the dates of the Maimurim. So in one of his writings, he quotes this Maimurim, he says, B'dibur HaMasheles, Karboni Lachmi, Tovkuf Ayin and somewhere else he writes, beiz, av, echa But there he adds one more detail, which makes this Maimer very uh, special in one particular regard. In the Lashon of the Tzamach Tzedek, he says over there in the headline, Siyum baladi, The end of all the Torahs of Liadi. What he means by this is as follows. The Balatanya lived in a little town. He was born there and he lived there for most of his life, a little town called Lyazhna Lyazhna is a little, little town in uh, Belarus, Russia-Belarus, at the border of Russia and Lithuania, who was called then White Russia. Today it's called Belarus. He was arrested a few times. After his second arrest... He moved from Liashna and moved to another city, not far from there, called Liadi. Another little town, Liadi. In Liadi, he lived towards the end of his life. Napoleon declared war on Russia. Napoleon Bonaparte declared war on Russia in July of 1812. I think it was Yudbeis Tamos or Yud Gimel Tamos Tovkuf Ayenbeis. Be- 1812, the summer of 1812, he crossed. He crossed uh, He crossed into Kovna, which is Lithuania, and he began his major attack on Russia. It was one of the biggest attacks in history of the world until that point. 600,000 troops, which in 1812 was unprecedented. Napoleon was certain that he will be able to take Russia, just like he took most of Europe. He was a man who ruled over Europe. And uh, he didn't take into consideration a few factors, including something that Hitler also didn't take into consideration when he attacked Russia, also in June 1941, and that's the Russian winter, number one. And also Russia never loses, Russia only retreats. It's so big, in Russia you could fit in the whole continent of Europe and the whole continent of America, and you still have plenty of space. So in Russia, it's very hard to win the Russians. They just retreat, they just go back and back. And also the Russians, they have a certain character that comes out sometimes in war. So Napoleon made a fatal mistake, and this defeated not only his whole army, but ultimately he was destroyed as a result, and that was the end, the end of Napoleon. The Alter had very negative feelings towards Napoleon. It's a whole mice, its not for now, but he had very, very serious negative feelings towards Napoleon. And he said he will not remain under the same roof with Napoleon, meaning he will not be in a city where Napoleon rules. So when Napoleon came into Russia... And he heard about it, so he decided he's going to leave. Liadi, where he lived, Liadi was on the route of Napoleon coming in because he came in from the West. So he came in Lithuania, Belarus, Russia, and then he moved deeper and deeper into Russia until he took Moscow. So the Balatanya escaped. When did he escape? He escaped in the end of the month of Av, which was only two months, a month and a half after the war broke out. He escaped from Liadi, and his route went deep into Russia and ultimately to the Ukraine, South Ukraine. He escaped Mamish in front of Napoleon's troops. The Mitle Rebbe, his son, after he passed away, writes a whole letter, exactly the journey of his father. If you compare it to the maps of the war and how it went, you see from the Mitle Rebbe's letter, you could know exactly what happened in the war, because they parallel each other. He ran away right before the end of of before Elul, Tovkuf Ayin, Beis, 1812. And then he was on the run. He was on the run for Elul, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkis, and for the next few months, and he ran deeper and deeper into Russia. Ultimately, he ended up in southern, east, south Ukraine. And because of the horrible winter, the Balatanya fell ill, and he passed away the next winter. Chavdalatavis Tovkuf Ayengimel. So the Tzemach is saying that this was basically the last mimer that he said in Liadi, because this was Shabbos Mivarchemav, and already after that he ran away. In many ways, this was the la- It's not the last mimer he ever said. He said Torah afterwards. But this was the last mimer that he said, so to speak, as a rebbe settled in his own place with his own chasidim, because after that, it was already... Uh, everything was on the road. There was much was fewer people. So in many ways, you can even call it the last mimer of the Alter Rebbe. Again, it wasn't the last Torah he ever said. He lived another few months. And he said Tayyidah this Torah that he ha- we have and Torah that he wrote... But this was the last established, settled Mimas set on Shabbos to the Olam that came in a state of harchava, relatively speaking, this is it. So in many ways, this has a lot of historic and spiritual significance because it's a al Tzedek Baladi. this is the end of all the totus of the era of Li'adi, which really the era of Li'adi was the most, uh, relatively speaking, in the Balatanya's life, it was the most calm era, relatively speaking, relative to the years before. He had already, it was a huge island, there were thousands and thousands of disciples. Uh, the opposition of his opponents relaxed somewhat, I mean, not completely, but it relaxed somewhat. And uh, the oilum was already huge, and there was much more Manukh Sanef, relatively, he had more Manuch Sanefish but ultimately he had to leave it. He wasn't there many years. He was there, and then he had to run away, but he ran away because of Napoleon. So this is the Siyam al-Atoidiz and it's an apostolic in Pinchas, and it's a apostolic that we say every day. When you quote the it said you're saying Siyam al-Atoidiz Biladeh, but L'Chodesh Av, Esarkev Asecha Tassel, he juxtaposes this mention, L'Chodesh Av, Esarkev Asecha. Is he trying to give us a hint to the two Batei Megdash? That I don't know. That I don't know. could be That I don't know. Now, this pasik we say every day in the karbonis before And um, Because we say karbon hatamid, at least to many kehillas, they say the karbon hatamid every day. And when you open a siddur, you remember the Psukim read by Hashem al Mashalayim. Speak to the Jews and tell them. Es karboni, my offering. Lachmi, my bread. L'ishai, for my fire. My smell, my aroma, Tishmeru, you should preserve. Offer it in its right time. What is this fire? What is this food that you should put on the fire? Two sheep every day, as a carbon oiler, every single day, perpetually. One sheep in the morning, one sheep in the afternoon, and then he goes off to the Meal offering the grave Basham, Kasas he goes off to other details. This is known as Hatamid and Parshas Pinchas, the the mitzvah to bring every day two sheep, a sheep in the morning and a sheep in the afternoon, as a carbon oiler known as the carbon tamid which really became the source according to the Gemara, at least one opinion for Shachris and Mincha. Because shachrus is the tumin in the morning and mincha is the tumin in the afternoon, and this was done the first thing in the morning, the first carbon was the carbon tumin in the morning, and the last carbon was the carbon tumin in dusk in the afternoon. Following which, there would be no more carbonus. The opening and uh, all carbonus was sandwiched in between the two tmid. This is the psukim on which this mimer focuses. She so says, base To understand, first of all, the redundancy. That it says twice va the gam Besides that, you have to also understand the Shinu and the deviation, the change in the Losh So there's two details that he's addressing. First of all, it says twice va it, it seems redundant. To quote the full pasuk, so you'll understand the question. Command the Jewish people, and you should tell them. Okay. That itself is a redundancy already. could have said "Savas B'nai Yisrael and just say it. it "Savas B'nai Yisrael V'yamarta Alehem. And tell them. What should you tell them? Es karboni lachmi li'isharech ni'chaychi tishmurul akriv libi moyadoi V'yamarta Again, Again, you just said. Command the Jews and tell them. Tell them one sentence. Tell them everything. No. One V'amarta and then a second V'amarta. You start over. Whenever you see that in Chumash, the ears have to perk up because there's some message here. That's number one. Number two, Another change. In the beginning he says, This is the carbon, the fire that you should offer. Bring close." In other words, this action is called Takrivu. So later you should say, Takriv baboikis. Akavizh takriv. No, suddenly it becomes tasa. He could have said in the beginning also tasa. Zaha isha asher tasu. Or at the end, takrivu. In other words, this action is first defined as takrivu, bringing close, and later defined as tasa, action. Vigam, a third shinoi. Plural and singular. That's the next one. Takrivu lo rabim, ve Takrivu, the plural, tasa in the singular. If you're saying takrivu, because you're speaking to klal yisrael, everybody, so you just say tasu not one person, tasu all of you. No, because this is a mitzvah on the it's not a mitzvah on one person. The whole klal yisrael had to do this. They had representatives, the people in the beis hamikdash, the and did it for them. But this was a mitzvah on everybody to do, and everybody had to give money for this machzus hashekel as a taxes to pay for these sheep. How did they pay for the sheep? Every Jew gave taxes every year to pay for all these offerings because these were public communal offerings called Karbonis tzibur. So that's why it says takrivu. So why later does it say ta'as hakeves Who are you speaking to? Are you addressing one or are you addressing everybody? And even if you're addressing everybody, you can address everybody as one. Klal Yisrael is lashen yachet. Klal Yisrael, one. But then say ta'as hakeves takriv ta'asuv? Three questions. Number one, Va Marta twice, number two Takrivu versus Tasa, number three Loshin Yochid versus Loshin Rabba. Wha well, who the explanation and all of this is based Kamaim Razal based on a Madrish Komakham Shinemart Sav who say in in Madrash Rabbah Bamidba, Farshazaian, wherever it says the word sav, doesn't just say tell the Jewish people. It says the word sav, it means it's for now and it's Ladoitas. It's a generate. it's an intergenerational communication. According to this, you can explain the redundancy in the word Amira. Vamarta lehem twice. Why? Vamarta lehem miyat. One is something you should say now. Vamarta lehem for right now. This refers to the karbonas that they had to do during the Beis Hamikdash and the Mishkan. So therefore, it relates right now. Miyat. Vamarta lehem. You should tell the Jewish people as carboni lachmi li sherech nuchechetish merlak li Then there's a new vamarta. But the second Vamarta, Vamarta Hainalud Shetiknut The second Vamarta is for future generations. After the base there is also the carbon tamit, but now it doesn't look like a sacrifice of an animal, it basically looks like prayer, Tfilak. So there's two Vamarta's. Each the first va'marta is es lachmi Mayadai. That's the physical carbon brought in the physical mishkan on the base of mikdash. That's va'marta number one. but there's another va'marta because it op- opens up with tzav. Tzav means miyad u'l'dayris. Ah, if it's miyad uladoris. There's two Tzivoyim. One is for now, which will also continue for hundreds of years. And one is ledoidus, which will continue even after hundreds of years. Still, there'll be va'martel Va em what's a martel em zeha isha shet hakrivul Hashem kvasim bnei shana shemim shemim shlam lo sama. This refers also to Tfilah, which is kineged the karbanos. The he neitzarich lahavin. Here we have to understand. So he answered the first question already, but now we have to understand. Eichat tefilla kineged tmidin shein kvasim bnei shana v'atfili bakoshes rachimim v'eichit muda sakarben. Where in the world, who who decided, where did anybody come up with this idea that davening somehow substitutes the sacrifice of an animal? I mean, you can't get two experiences that are more remote from each other. How is Tfilik Kenegat Eget First of all, it's Midd to do with sheep. And not only that, Kvasim Bnei Shana, sheep that were in the year old. In other words, there's a certain age. Where do you have all of this in davening? It's a sheep with a particular age, Bnei Shana. Tfilik is Tefillah is basically you're talking to Hashem and you're asking. You're requesting, you're beseeching, you're asking for compassion. How does this tefillah substitute the sacrifice of a sheep within a year? Gam also we have to understand, by karbonis there's a term that you don't have anywhere with all other mitzvahs. Hashem doesn't say put on tfilin. Reach Nichoyach L'Hashem. L'UXAVTAMAL MEZUZO IS beisecha. Mezuzos also can have a smell. No. Only by carbonos. Like right here does it say... Reach Nichoychi Tishmeru. It has a psalm. Reach Nichoyach means a wonderful smell, a wonderful aroma. Vos Kabinoiach Ksiv. Vayorech Hashem is Reach Nichoyach. Eize nachas ruach umerech can we understand what's exactly this pleasure, this delight that comes from the smell of carbona? The fact that it smells, that we know. But that's not what we're talking about. It's a P'sar Nichoyach that's created. Vos epos. And you already have it by Noyach. So you see this theme of Reach Nichoyach by Karbonus. who the explanation in all of this is... noida. It's known. He starts redrawing the maps all over again. We have to discuss the purpose of life. Right? We go back to the beginning. The purpose of the soul coming down into this world clothing itself in a body and an animal soul is yirida Tzarech Aliyah Yerida is an expression in the makis about a person going down a ladder, going up a ladder but he uses this term in the cosmic sense that the Yerida of life, of the soul into the world is Tzarech Aliyah it's for the sake of an ascent. What is this Aliyah that the soul experiences by coming down? Pirkei de Lezer says, it's a quote from Pirkei de Lezer, which is one of the Midrashim of the Rebbe Lezer ben Harkonos. Actually, nivra ha'aylam, ha'yohu u'sh'mai Before the world was created, there was He and His name. Only Him and His name. Hu'u u'sh'mai bulvat. Him and His name. What is the meaning of this? Before creation, hu u'sh'mai. Sh'mai bigamat riyeratsa. Tabalatanya says, Sh'mai is shin Vav is three hundred and forty-six. It's the same numerical value as the word Ratzin. Ratzin rish is 200, Tzadik is 90, 90 and 50 is 140, so it's 340, and Vav is 6. So Shmai is 346, Ratzin is 346. Why? Because who, Shmai Bilvad, who is he, and Shmai represents three forty-six, which is his will, his desire. His Ratzin is the source of all the hashpa, the flow, hashpa means flow, and the energy of the creations. Why is Ratzin the mucker of all hashpa? Because it ascended in his undefined will, meaning Ratzin to be a Melech Shmai Nikre. We say in Adoin Lam, Adoin Eilam Hashem Malach, Beterem Kol Yitzur Nivra. He was a king before. L'Eis Nats Av Echef You remember Adoin Lam? From childhood. La Nats Av Echef When everything was created through his Ratsan, his Chefetz, Azai Melech Shmai Nikra. He gets a new name. And that name is Melech. Adoin lama Hashem Malach. It's a contradiction. First, you tell me he was before anything was created. But it wasn't when everything was made with his desire as a melech. Now, finally, he can have the title melech because he can't be a melech if you don't have a people, if you don't have a nation. The expression of is so the whole source of everything comes from Ratz. Oliver that he wanted to be melech, he wanted to have the shame melech you want to have a shei melech, you need to create. So it all started with a pashtut, with a desire to be a melech. sh'moy And that's why ratzon is the source of everything. Because what, we say in Baruch Shammar, what do we say? At the end of Baruch Shammar, Yachid, you remember? will praise you Literally it means Yachid, he's singular, the life of the world, but he touches as a Yachid It's two separate in the Levadha Yachidum Yachid? It's himself, he's one. The Chios of the world comes because he wanted to be a Melech. So we say in Baruch Shamar, You're a Yachid. Where does it happen that you also become the Chios of the Oilam? In other words, you define your energy as one that will give life to all the worlds. That's because you wanted to be a Melech. The Kaidem Shanivra Ilam, now we go back to the Majush. Before the world was created, Hayahu Shmoi Bilvad, what was he? What was there? He and his name alone. Meaning Shaphinas Malchusoya Sakula Bain Soy Barakumamsh. His Malchus, which is Shmoi, was submerged in the infinite one, Vinikra Irain Sai Barakushar Viziv. In Nistr this is called the light of the Ainsif. His Malchus is called his name in Medrash, his Malchus in Chazal, and his Oyer in Kabbalah. So before the world was created, there was He, but there was also Shmoy. But it was Bilvat, it was alone, nothing else. Because the Shmoy, the name was included in who? It was Kol and so That's his name, it's his Ratzin, it's his Malchus. And that is called Eir And the Eir is the light. atzma. The light was submerged in the Mair. Mair is the luminary, the source of the light. The Apostle Kimberatius calls the sun Mair HaGadol. The big luminary. From there comes the light. So Mair is the source of the Eir. The Eir is in the Mair. what happens after creation. Nasis spashtu the oir extends, it spreads out, from the word lehitpashe, to spread out, hispastus. Lahachiyo yisanevroyim, to give life to all creations. May ayin mamash liyeish, mamash from nothing to something. with a whole order of evolution, of levels, derech with an antecedent and an effect. Until this physical world, which becomes a physical being and and completely separated. What do we mean completely separated? You do not see in this world any link to anything divine, anything beyond. This world is a completely self-contained universe. You could walk the face of this planet comfortably, define yourself as an atheist and win a Nobel Prize. And it works. Because this is Yeshagashmi Nifrid Mamash. This is the first Yrida and the biggest Yurida. The biggest Yrida is the light, the way it was submerged in the Ein Saif, to the way the light emerges and descends its Mispashet to give heus to the world. That's a tremendous Yerida in the Oy, in the Shmoy, in the Ratzin, in the Malchus. The Tachlis HaYerida, on this we speak about the Yerida Tzarech Aliyah. The Yerida doesn't begin with the soul, it begins with Hashem's Oy. And the Tachlis of this Yerida is yesh la-ayin, to convert the yesh back into Ayin. Ha-yesh gamkin batal v'nichlo mamash, that the yesh should also become nullified and submerged in the light of the Infinite One Mamish. V'hi ha'aliyah ha'ikris. And this is the biggest aliyah. Sha'alei ha'nemer. On this aliyah it was said, Livyoson zei yatsarta l'sachik boy. You created the Leviathan fish to play with it, to laugh with it. It's a very interesting pasuk In Baruchid Avshi. Livyoson zei yatsarta l'sachik boy. You created the Leviathan as a toy. You L'sachik is schoik, laughter. You play with it. You laugh with it. You You toy with it. The only thing that can create laughter, joy, humor above is As the yesh goes back to ayin. Why? Why? I'm going to read a few lines and explain. Creation is the transformation from nothingness into somethingness. Shleim Malach says it as a question, he uses it as a statement. The so Malach says, Chachma, where are you going to find Chachma? What, are you walking the street and you find Chachma like you find a pen? Where are you going to find Chachma? It's not something you can find. Either you got it or you don't got it. He types this, Chachma emerges, it's found from Ayin. Chachma emerges, it's found Chachma is the first glimmer of consciousness, the first glimmer, the rachis hagilu, the first revelation of the order of the world starts Chachma. So that's the first time the air emerges from its womb to be Mechai Ibrahim, The first thing is Chachma, so it's called Me'ayin. It's Me'ayin liyesh. That's briah Mashenkin is Havas Me'yesh L'ayin, but to create from Yesh Ayin, Hu Davar Chadosh. This is novel. This is a change of nature. And the main mechanism, the main uh, characteristic that makes up joy and laughter is is from change and newness. If you'll see, this is how they entertain kings and princes he lived in a time when monarchs ruled Europe. They ruled the planet. And they always wanted to be entertained. How do you entertain Malachim and Sarim? You need a change and you need something new. The This generates by them joy and laughter. All different types of sticks and circuses. And, and some of them cruel, some of them noble. But the point is they need a psashinu. Something abnormal, irregular, to generate simcha and and he says, "Ukemay king siv the same pas in the same uh, capital utechadish pney adamah yismach hashem You'll renew the face of the earth, and then God becomes joyous in His creation. Laviyasan zayatzaitel asachik boy the same barchi nafshi tehilum kuv dalid pney adamah, and then you have yismach hashem b'masav. The nikkur Why is this called laviyasan? The word Leviasan means connection. The Leviim are called levim because My husband will accompany me. It, it, he'll connect to me. The Leviim will accompany you and serve you. Hanilvim They accompany God. And that's why Leviyasin represents the link between Yesh and Ayin through the Bitl of the Yesh to the Ayin. And that's why Leviyasin creates joy. Leviyasin, zayat Sarta, Because that's the bitl of the Yesh, l'ayin, which creates the greatest Simcha, the greatest Chet. What's the Nikuda being explained here? Two, two points. Number one, the process going down. And number two, the process going up. The process of Yurida and then the process of Aliyah. What is the process of Yurida? The process of Yurida is that before creation, Hu ushmay Belvad. It was He and His name. What's pshat, you could say before creation was Him. What's Him and His name? The definition of a name is that which other people identify you, identify, identify you by. If, you don't, if you're living alone on an island, you don't need a name. When you talk to yourself, you don't call yourself by name. Right? You don't say, uh, David, Yossel, Yainkel, mayor, you want to eat breakfast? You want to get up? You just, you talk to yourself internally. But if I want to talk to you, I can't talk to you from inside yourself. Right? I call you by your name. So your name is the ability, it's that which allows me to communicate to you, to identify you. Or if I want to talk about you, how do I talk about you? You could talk about yourself without your name. <laughs> From within, you can also say "I" if you're talking to somebody else. But if I want to talk about you, I need your name. Yeah, so you say Pliny Almoini." This person, this, the whole title is that way. Yeah? You tell us Avram, Yitzchak, Yaakov. You need a name on a more abstract level, but it's the same nekuda. The name is not only your name, Yankel Finkelstein. The name represents your reputation. Your name, Kesser Shemtev What type of name do you have? Every person has a name. A name doesn't mean by the whole world. A name could be by your own wife, by your children, by your siblings, by your friends, in your community. What name do you have? What What name do you have? How do I know you? How do we know you? When I hear this name, what comes up in me? What comes up in me? Something wonderful or maybe not. But something comes up in me. So your name is basically how you're known by somebody else. How you're called by somebody else, how you're connected to, you, somebody else connects to you, somebody else knows you, that's the name. So, what's Pshat? What Shema? What was their name? Before creation, it was Hashem. And then, besides, he decided to create a world. So, the picture that Abelazah should say, it was only him. What's the Kiddush of this Medrash? What do you think was before the world was created? Him and what else? And the Big Bang. So he says, no. It was him and it was his name. So the Balatanya is explaining what this means. Shmoy represents the Koyach within him that will one day become the consciousness of creation. But at this point, there's no creation yet. So what is it? It's completely part of who he is. A marshal for this, a teacher, which he gives in another mimer. A teacher, we, we learned it in one of the memoriam of Shlach. You have a teacher. When he was explaining about Igulim and Yosher. You have a teacher. He's a brilliant, brilliant teacher. And he's giving a sheer And he knows the material, he knows it very, very deep. He's, let's say, teaching Mishnah to a 9-year-old boy. Or Gemara to a 16-year-old boy. Or a Pasuk Chumash to a 20-year-old or a 7-year-old. And he starts learning the Mishnah. And the person doesn't understand so he starts explaining, and explaining more, and explaining more, and giving illustrations, and giving mishalom. Where were all these words before? All these mashalim, all these stories, all these illustrations, where were they? He didn't take them out of some uh, <laughs> some uh, magical uh, container. He suddenly took it out. It was all inside of him. But did he have it organized before? No, it was all in potential. He understands it very well. Because he understands it very well, he has within himself all the oiseous to be able to communicate it. But it's not revealed because he doesn't need it. He gets it. Suddenly he's sitting with a student, and the student needs information. Is ah, let me tell you this story, let me give you this mushroom, let me give you this illustration. let me explain it this way, let me explain it that way. Before this, all the Isis were there, but they were there in a state of potential. All of creation is divine energy. Where was this divine energy before? The divine energy was in him. It wasn't conspicuous, because it was completely submerged in him. All the is that create the world, yeah, it was all inside of him. It goes even deeper. It starts with the Ratzin. The, 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 the beginning of the world is Ratzin, desire. Everything comes from desire. Looks like by us. Everything starts with desire. All energy begins with desire, Ratzin. Ratzin is oisies, sinner. It's the first channel of energy. Desire. He wanted to be a melech. He wanted to have a relationship. He wanted to have a briya. This was all in him. This is Shmai. Shmai bigamatria Ratzin. The Ratzin for the world was inside. And the Ratzin, which translates into Chiyus, that was also inside. It was all Hu, Ushmai, bulvat. So where was Malchus? This is the explanation. Adoyin Asher Molach, Beterem Kol Yitzur Nivra. Before there was a Bria, there was still Shmai. There was the Koyach of Malchus was there. nasa Azai, Nikra. So today when you say Adoyin O'ilam, you'll understand, yeah? There's two things. Beterem Kol Yitzur Nivra was also Malach. It was all there then he has a name Malach. it's actually, it becomes a name it becomes something independent, it becomes self-contained so what's creation? creation in many ways is not new it's just Hashem allowing this kayach, this chius, this Shmoi to actually emerge how? by creating the world and each world has a different energy, but there's a whole which begins with Chachman, comes down all the way to this world, now suddenly God has a name. What says he has a name? He has a name. What do we mean he has a name? People are talking about him. You could talk about him. He's identifiable. And why is this associated with Shmai? Because remember, that which people know about you usually has very little to do with you. Right? You know that, yeah? (laughs) Ask most people, describe who I am. And they'll tell you things It has very little to do with who you are. It's a if There's even one percent similarity, <laughs> even one percent. Reb Mendel Haradacher, Reb Mendel Vitepska was a Talmud of the Magad. So his Talmidim once asked him if he could show them a tzaddik nister. They wanted to see a tzaddik nister, a concealed tzaddik. So he said, "Ich, ich bin a tzaddik nister." I'm a tzaddik. They said, "You're not nister. You're not concealed. You are revealed. Everybody knows you." He says, "As achuna vei, mind sitkas given Woe unto me if I was a tzaddik as much as you think I'm a tzaddik. In other words, the definition of my would be defined by you. My sitkas has nothing to do with what you know. It's completely different. Because what you describe of a person is only what you're can, what you capable of understanding. Even a person who's honest, most people, they don't even tell us who they are. So we mamers know nothing. But even a person who tells you, even what they tell you is not everything. Because they themselves can't always put it in words. Certainly what you want so first of all there's what they're capable of knowing themselves. Do you know yourself? How much do you know of yourself? How much? How much percent? How much percent do you think you know of yourself? Really? How much? Huh? You say nothing. Epis, nothing? Something, no? Huh? It's, it's what do we what do we know? Even ISIS only describes a certain element of the self. That which I could contain consciously and I understand and I'm comfortable with. Then there's what I could put in words to you. And then there's what you understand. How much are You could understand only what your brain could contain. So you understand how many sumim there are until you get to my name. So when you say my name, my name means how you know me. That describes much more you than it describes me. You understand? When you talk about somebody, you're talking about yourself much more than you're talking about them. That's klam. Whenever anybody talks about somebody else, they're not talking about that person. They're talking about themselves the way they understood that person. I told you once, there was one Sayyid who decided he was a brilliant artist. Some people decide that at some point in life. And he went to the Louvre, you know, the Louvre in uh, in Paris, to this extraordinary art gallery. So this Chachem is standing, as a, you know, like a real art critic. And he's looking at one of the paintings. And Amachmet Naz, Amachkrumet Naz, he likes it, he doesn't like it. So the curator, the, the museum person says, listen young man, these paint, oh he turns to the curator and he says, I'm trying to see if there's any depth here in this uh, painting, it was only worth 55 million dollars, I'm trying to see if there's any depth there, he says listen young man, these pieces of art are not on judgment right now, they're not sitting on the throne of judgment, okay their brilliance has been established hundreds of years ago by people smarter than you or I. The one who's on judgment now is you, not the paintings. So, so you have to understand that when you're talking about somebody else, you're describing yourself sometimes more than you're describing the other person. So now we come back to the Shmoi. When you say Hashem's name, what's pshat, why is this called name? It's the way godliness is defined by creation. How much of godliness does that define? Only Shmoi. You understand? It's, again, we'll go back to this, uh, I'll give a marshal. Rabbi Shlima Yosef Zevin writes that the Raka was an unbelievable communicator in Dibur, in speaking. In writing, no one understands a word he says. In speaking, Rabbi Zevin says, a five year old understood and it's sad because his writing skills, pale, he just, he couldn't write. He, he wasn't a communicator in writing. It's Shrek And And his Chidushim are, are unbelievable. But you don't begin, if you don't know if you don't know Bavli Yushaomi with every Rashi and Taishwaz Baal you can't begin even to start with him. You can't begin. You need somebody to help you with the Maramakaymas. That's besides understanding what he says. Just to see what he says. Forget about understanding. In speaking, a five-year-old could understand him. So now imagine the Rakhachov is giving a Shia to a five-year-old. He comes home and he tells his mother, I know the Rakhachov. I even know his brilliance. And he says, over! But I ask you, how much did he get? He didn't even get 1%. Did he get part of his chachma? Yeah. He said what he knows. Right? But what he can get is only that which he could get. He doesn't know him. He knows that of him which he can understand. We speak about Hashem. What are we speaking about? We're not speaking about Him. We're speaking about His name. In other words, that which we can identify based on who we are, not based on who He is. But that's pretty good. Because I am a reflection of the Divine. You are too. So when I know me, I know God. But what do I know of God? I know that which I know because I know because it's me. In other words, it's the Chiyus of Hashem that gives Chiyus Chayis to creation. That's the, that's Shmoy. Where was all of this before? Where was that Shear of the Raketshave before he spoke to the five-year-old? It was there in him. Was he busy busy with it? No, because it was it was a tuffle of a tuffle of a tuffle. The Gabbai is brilliant, right? He was going deeper. That's his marshal of the Ziv Hashemesh B'Shemesh. You have the sun. That's let's call it the solar core. You have a light wave, right? A light wave is very powerful. It's a muscle that he often brings. A light wave is very powerful. I wish we would get some of it here. But imagine the light wave, the ray is coming into the room. It's moiradik, it lights up the whole world. It lights up the whole planet. Not the whole planet, half of the planet during daytime. Half of the other half of the planet by night, our night. What about that light wave in the solar core? If you go into the sun itself, you look at the sun. Does it have this ray of light in the sun? Of course. If it's outside of the sun, it's also in the sun. But in the sun, it's not noticeable. That's shmai. In the sun, you have everything. Every ray that comes to your house or to the planet is in the sun also. If it comes out of the sun, it's in the sun. But in the sun, it's not noticeable. Why? It's bottled in the source. It's submerged in the source. So before the world was created, where was Shmoy? Shmai was part of who? It was all in him. What is creation? Creation is that the chios, the ziv, the ray of the sun comes out of the sun. And suddenly we look and we say, wow. Now if the sun would come into this room, you know what we would look like? Toast. But real toast. If less even. We would be toasted. Thank God the sun doesn't come in. We get a little, little, little ray so we can identify. It's a We can be warmed by the sun. We can be illuminated by the sun. We don't get the sun itself. The sun itself is beyond. So Shmoi represents that level of energy. The way it's in Him before, and creation is basically the Yerida of that air from the core to come out that Hashem should be able to have a name. In other words, we should be able to talk about Him. Why could we talk about Him? Because the name, it be- the energy becomes a name. In other words, it becomes restricted to the point that it constitutes the consciousness of creation. And because it constitutes the consciousness of creation, so therefore, we identify Hashem as our source of reality. So we're describing what we know as reality, and we say, this is divine. Is it divine? Yes and no. It's absolutely divine, but Lagabe the core, it's really very limited, it's minuscule. You typhus what I'm saying? Everybody's typhus. It's a little bit of abstract stuff. You have to understand this. So now, this is the process called Mayayin liesh. Why is it called Ayin? Because it's like the light wave in the solar core. It doesn't have a yichis. You're not going to write about it. It's called ayin. ayin. doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Ayin means it doesn't have a separate identity outside of its source. Undefinable. Huh? undefinable. It's undefinable. It's submerged there. It's Ayin. It doesn't have separate significance. It's part of the mohus. It's back to that teacher. The pshat that he's telling the student, when it's in him, it doesn't have a separate significance. It becomes significant because for the student, it's like, wow. For him, it's toffel, shabbat tuffel. The light wave in the solar core, for us, wow, we have light, we have warmth. In the solar core, yeah. you'll go to the Atlantic Ocean, yeah, and you'll point, you'll say, wow, there's a drop of water there. Aha! If you're in a desert and somebody brings you a cup of water, whoo! The cup of water is ganz chasheth, right? midbar. But when you're in the Atlantic and you, you take a cup of water, and you say, "Wow! Look at this! <laughs> yeah. There's an ocean. It's a drop in the ocean, right? The drop doesn't have a special chivvus. The cup doesn't have a, a unique significance. There's an ocean that extends hundreds and hundreds of miles." never mind the depth of it. You go away from the ocean, you take a cup of water, it becomes significant. So Shmoi represents the Ratzin for the Bria, the kayach, that which will develop into the Chius of the Bria, and in every world it will be something else, until this world also has the energy. But here it's complete yesh. Complete, you don't even know the source anymore. At least, I look at the sun, I see the light wave, and I see it's connected. I, at least I go back to it. I see that it's not, it's not shmoy, Right, The student is sitting by the teacher. At least he hears the teacher. Hey, you don't even see the connection. That's how far it goes away from the source. That's how eclipsed it is. That's Yurida. that's the Yerida, May Ayin, L'Yesh. Yesh, you would think is an Aliyah. It's not. It's a the Ayin is a much bigger Aliyah. Why? Ayin means when you're not noticeable. You know why you're not noticeable? Because we you, you you are where you're supposed to be. <laughs> You're not noticeable because you are where you're supposed to be. So you're not noticeable. It's good to be not noticeable. You understand? taste? Huh? Well, the had a chassid. He once said, it's an of art, because every commencement speech is the exact opposite. He said, I want to leave the world and it shouldn't even be noticeable that I was ever here. shouldn't be noticeable I was here. Usually you say, make your mark, follow your dreams, make an impact, which is a good message. But his point was, he wanted iron. Shouldn't even be, you shouldn't even know. <laughs> the muscle you talking about the body, the functional body. Yes. A healthy body is when you don't feel it, and it's in its right place. When you're in a really, really good place, you're in a state of iron. Iron doesn't mean you're nothing. Ayin means you're part of infinity. If you're part of infinity, you don't have to be noticed. We need to be noticed because we're not part of infinity. Right? Ayin doesn't mean, people say, uh, Ayin means you're garnished, you're nothing. Because you're inf- infinite. We need to be something when we're not infinite. So who am I? So I have to be something. In the state of Ayin, the light wave is not insecure. Oh yeah, I'm such a nothing. It doesn't need to be anything. It's part of infinity. We have to become something when we have an identity crisis, when we leave the source. So you go, That's the Yerida. What's the aliyah? So what's the Tachlis of this? So the biggest Yerida is not the Neshama. The biggest Yerida is the Yerida of Hashem, legabe Hashem. The shmoi legabe Hu. That's why he calls it the Yerida Aliyah. The yeah as compared with right. the, the That's the primal urida and the primal Aliyah. All uridas in the world begin with this Yerida. Every person has... Uh, the mother of all uridas. Is the mother of all uridas. The mother of all crisis. The mother of all... I don't want to go there, but the mother of angst. all depression. Angst. The mother of all angst. Very good, better. Angst. You know what angst is, Isaac? Sorry. Huh? Angst. Not anxiety. Angst is a little better than anxiety. Angst is a, a madrega up. It's existential anxiety. It's, angst is like it's pe'etzem. Right? Sepheltis. Sepheltis. Every void in life begins with this void. That means if you don't tackle this, you're not tackling anything. That's why people learn these stuff and they're like, was Wilson? I can't get my marriage together. I can't pay my mortgage. I can't pay my tuition. My kids don't want to talk to me. I don't know if I'm coming or going. I'm miserable. Therapy has not been helping. But the truth is that this, this is the long way, but it's the short way. The short long way is you tell a nice story, you tell a nice niggin, and you say all is good and you have power. The long short way is you have to go to the source of every angst. Every Yerida begins with this Yerida. If you don't tackle the core... All the symptoms will never be dealt with. If you tackle the core, you get the picture. Right? You come to a doctor and he looks at an he looks at a symptom and he deals with the symptom. And he doesn't go back to the core of it. What did he help you? Helped you for a month. Maybe it's going to come back. You didn't deal with it. When you deal with the angst of life, you have to go to the core of all angst. The core of all angst is the Irida of Shmoy from who? That's the beginning of it all. Now you say Yena Yirid Oichmen Ayirid but this is the this is the biggest Yirid. This is the deepest Yirid. The, the 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 quantum leap from Ayin to Yesh. Ayin is where you don't have to be noticed. Why don't you have to be noticed? Because you're 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 where you belong. You're where you belong. The child. Uh, well, not the comfort zone today is used as, uh, as negative, but it's like it would be, David to nu. alay imoi, right? I know how to be silent like a child, an infant who's nursing in the bosom of its mother. And he's just there. And he or she is happy to be there. They're one with their source. I don't have to be noticeable. I even can't be noticeable. He's Kol in the Meyer. That transition from Hu to shmoy, in order to create a world, so it becomes a Yesh, because it becomes the identity of a world. Each world, according to its Madregen, that's the beginning of all nidus. The Tachlis of that is to bring it back up. That's the Livyosan Zayat This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net. slash donate.